0: Arizona Arizona Sports, Sports. the The local local sports sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 O'Clock Reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 O'Clock Reset. These are your top stories today here on the Burns and Gambo show. We call it the 4 O'Clock Reset and we start with football, football. USA took down Iran 1-0 earlier today to advance to the next stage in the World Cup in Qatar. Christian Pulisic scored in the 38th minute as he was getting injured on the same play. Team USA will face the Netherlands in Saturday morning as we advance to the elimination stage of the World Cup. Held off a furious rally by Iran, who uh, had a couple of chances late. U.S. was just sitting back trying to hold on to that lead. Protected Iran. Had a couple of good chances. One ball actually got by the goalkeeper but one of the defenders was able to kick it out after they got past the goal. They hang on, they win 1-0. Like you said, Netherlands on Saturday. The Netherlands on Saturday in an elimination game. Phoenix Suns the day off after their win yesterday. At least a day off in terms they're not playing tonight. We did hear from Suns president of basketball operations, James Jones today. He met with the media as the Suns were practicing. He was asked a question about Chris Paul and what's going on with his heel, keeping him out for extended time. Is, he's close. He's coming back. He'll be back. I, I can't tell you he'll be back tomorrow, but uh, he's he's been looking good, and, and we're still taking the long view with him. Um, from day one, we've said that uh, when our guys are, are eligible to play, when they're they're available, they're completely available. Which means no restrictions, uh, nothing mentally, physically to hold them back. Uh, and so he's getting there. And, and once he gets there, you'll know. There a lot of speculation that maybe it was more, that maybe it was an Achilles, maybe it was something else. I- and James Jones said, no, it's not. I got a sound bite on yeah. that right here, as a matter
1: of no, fact. No, it's just a sore heel. That's, that's it. I mean, I've always tried to be honest and, and direct. If it was something more
0: we would tell you, um, it's just a sore heel. There you go. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I just no, knew I no, had that yeah. sound bite to play. No, yeah. just a sore heel. I mean, a lot of people speculate. Boy, has been out for 10 days, but it might be a lot worse than just a sore heel. Nope, just a sore heel. Yeah, he's not ready to come back yet. Suns are back in action tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. They're 14-6 and so far on the season after a very impressive win on the road last night against the Sacramento Kings in which Devin Booker dropped 44 on Sactown. ASU men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley was on Bickley and Murata, our morning show this hey, morning. a good interview this morning. Absolutely. His Sun Devil's off a good start, six and one, getting a few votes in the top twenty-five. A lot of questions have been raised about the lack of playing time for Marcus Bagley. Purley said this today on those minutes: to get a chance to talk with him concerning his tweet uh, mm-hmm. and his other tweet about being healthy, which is fine. He's been in practice, so we know he's healthy. It's, I think it's a, it's a byproduct of other guys playing well and, uh, and and just not having an opportunity to get him out on the floor. I mean, if that's all it comes down to, you know, we have a stacked perimeter. And and right now, there's just no minutes for So follow me on this one. The tweet he originally sent out is that he's healthy, 100% healthy, eager to play. Me not playing is 100% punishment for what I said that day about the game he played against NAU and frustration over a mistake he made. He has since retweeted his tweet and said, I was just suspended for this tweet for admitting I made a mistake. He followed that up with a tweet three minutes later in which he said, Athletes, please, please, please make a well thought through decision where you go to school. These people will tell you anything to build you up just to tear you down. Wow. Not good.
1: Wow. Not good.
0: So Bagley's tweeting. So he's leaving the program. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to leave the program. He's claiming he was suspended. He's encouraging athletes to really think through where they decide to attend college. Marcus Bagley is saying the team is too stacked to get minutes for him. He's saying it's because he's punished for speaking his mind. Yeah, Bobby Hurley's clean up on aisle 10 I was just basketball. basketball. I was just suspended for this tweet for admitting I made a mistake. Yeah. Wildcats Men's Basketball Junior Center Omar Ballo was named the Pac-12 Player of the Week. Damn right he was. Dominated for three. <laughs> he's not a he's he's been great for them. I'm, I'm sorry, just laugh your enthusiasm over U of A basketball. I do love U of A so basketball. it really is. Yeah, no, Omar Balo, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, he's really stepped up this year. He's been a much better scorer than anybody would have given him a credit for last year with Coloco there last year. You know, he he his role wasn't to score a whole lot. He was behind Coloco but now you know Coloco in the NBA. I mean, he was dominant in those you know those wins in Hawaii. He was fantastic. Meanwhile. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they are off this week. They have the buy huge NFL games with playoff implications. We'll preview those when we get a little closer to the weekend's action. Also, big games this weekend in college football. And, of course, coming up go. later today basically the final standings release in the college football playoffs. The next one we get on Sunday will be a, an announcement of the bowl matchups and who's playing who, where. USC and Utah. Uh, so that's... Here we the, go. What I'm curious about the most today with the announcement. Okay. Who's number five? Is it Ohio State? Or is it Alabama? Is it, Alab- it should be Ohio State because, because... They lost to Michigan, the number one they're going to be number one Michigan, right? If somebody falls that isn't supposed to fall... Then Bama or Ohio State they could jump Presumably them. whoever's yeah. number 5, there's no other so game that those two teams are going to play so whoever's number 5 should be the team that jumps into that spot. But the only way they jump is if TCU or USC loses, yeah. right? Cuz most TCU people think or USC has to lose. That if Georgia and Michigan lose, they can survive. They're still going to survive. Loss. They're still going to get right. in. TCU loses they're out. Some people think even TCU could get in with a loss. I don't know if I agree with that. USC loses a second they're time out. to Utah, they're out. They're out. They're out. But some people think TCU can survive with a loss. That I don't know is, if I agree with that. Has got two losses. Both to top ten teams. Yeah. So who's number five? Yeah, man, Ohio State got worked by Michigan. Yeah, they sure did. They got worked I by know, Michigan. It's a bad loss. Meanwhile, leaders of the college football playoff issued an ultimatum to the Rose Bowl this week, giving them a deadline of Wednesday to determine whether the college football playoff can expand in time to start for the 2024 regular season. The Rose Bowl apparently is waffling on whether they want to be a part of it because they want to maintain their traditional ties to the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And if they won't agree to the terms put in front of them, they could be excluded from the New Year's Six Bowl rotation of the next contract. So the Rose Bowl, often thought of as the bowl that kind of holds up progress when it comes to college football, has been given an ultimatum. Are you in or are you out? Because if you're out, you're out. Whew. I don't think they're gonna have much of a choice here. I don't think they are either. Deion Sanders confirms he received an offer from Colorado to be their next head coach. You say whether listen, he was gonna take Colorado it or not, for but, trying? Oh, sure. Yeah, good for them. Good for them for trying. He, no way in hell he's taking that job. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think so. A terrible job right now either. But he confirms he did receive that offer. Okay. Uh, any dreams of reuniting with Stone Garrett for the Diamondbacks have to be dashed for now. The Nationals. Have signed him to a one-year major league contract. The Diamondbacks, they didn't like him enough to be a part of their you know, top five outfielders. They would have liked to have signed him back to a minor league deal. Part of the reason is, one, he's just not a strong defensive player. And number two... He just, he swings and misses a lot. He's a high strikeout guy. If you look at the last month of the season, he had like seven, and he doesn't walk. So a high strikeout guy that doesn't walk. I liked him. I liked having a right-handed bat there, but they just feel that they could do better. Yeah. Meanwhile, Russia and the United States have repeatedly been on the verge of an agreement on a prisoner exchange for Brittany Griner. I've heard this story so many times. I know. Senior Russian diplomat said today, who added that a deal is still possible before the end of the year, asked by reporters whether a swap is possible before year's end, the deputy foreign minister of Russia responded that there is, quote, always a chance, close quote. Regrettably, there have been a few occasions when it seemed that a decision in favor of it was about to be made, but it never happened, he said, without elaborating further. Wow. We will see. How many, was it nine months now? It's been nine months since she got arrested in Russia. It was March, right? February, March. I think it was around that time. Man. I can't Uh, believe the story's gone on as long as that that imprisonment has gone on as long as it has. That might be, that is your four o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo. Sorry, I was thinking ahead a little bit to what's coming up next. When we come back on Burns and Gambo, he might be the most underrated signing in the Valley this offseason. Who is he? That's next. Burns and Gambo.
1: And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Booker
0: into the forward court, gets a pick from DA. Now gives it to him on the roll. Into the paint he goes. Out for Lee. Wide open for three. Got another one. DA set him up, and D Lee knocked it down. 15 off the bench for Lee. Sun's back up five.
1: They're just ready for that moment. Tell by his demeanor when teams double off him, leaving the wide open in the corner at the top. You know he takes it as disrespect as he should. And, you know, he's not scared to let it go; he lets it go, and every time he shoots it, I think it's going in.
0: Eleven of his fifteen points came in the fourth quarter. He was three of five from distance in the fourth quarter. I'll give you all the other numbers about Damian Lee in a minute. I, I mean, it, they're fourteen and six. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Twenty games are down. So we're one-fourth of the way through this year. And I don't know if you could pick, Gambo, another player or another part of this start for the Suns that has been more surprising than Damian Lee. Is there, is there something else? Is it Torrey Craig as a starter and how he's played with Cam Johnson going no, it's, down? It's it's... It's, it's, it's got to be Craig, Damian. It's Damian Lee, right? I mean, he was a... You know, he was an 11th or 12th guy on Golden State. You know, he wasn't a and now he's a valuable rotation piece playing big fourth quarter minutes and you know he had that debate who's going to take the big shots in the fourth quarter Devin Booker or Chris Paul now it's like Devin Booker or Damian Lee because man this guy loves taking that shot that shot in the fourth quarter he's he's good at it so he's been one of the best bargain Free agent signings by any team. You know, there's a lot of guys that sign big contracts with, you know, with with teams. But when you're talking about bargain free agent signings, this is one of the, this is one of the, I can't imagine there's a better one out there. It would be tough to think that there would be another one. Now, the numbers that, um, we talked about this way earlier in the show, so if you didn't hear us talk about it, I, I, you know, I, I understand. We're 20 games in, and I want to thank uh, Gerald Bourget over at PHNX Sports for putting this out there and giving me kind of an easy reference point here. We're 20 games in. Damian Lee from three-point range in the fourth quarter is a ridiculous 22 for 36. That's 61%. Okay, That is the third most three-point makes in fourth quarters by any player in the NBA this year. The only other guys who have more are Malik Beasley and Steph Curry. The 61% is the highest percentage in the fourth quarter from distance among all players who have attempted at least 20. The next closest is Klay Thompson, who's like at 53%. Klay Thompson, who, by the way, is playing much, much better. His as last five games. Ooh, much better. Yeah. Much better. His last five games have been really good. He's turned a corner. Now, this isn't a conversation about Clay. It's a Mm -hmm. conversation about about Damian Lee, so I got sidetracked there for a second. He's making 61% of his threes. He's 22 of 36 in the fourth quarter. You know that's not going to last. I mean, it can't last to that level, but... (laughs) God, has that been a surprise for the first quarter of the season? Listen, he's playing with confidence. He's got that championship pedigree, playing on Golden State. He's getting an opportunity here. When we had him on the show a couple weeks ago, he talked about how he wanted to break away from Steph Curry. So when he did something right, it was of Steph. When he did something wrong, Steph shouldn't have brought him on the team. And so for him, he wanted to get out of that shadow of Steph Curry, his brother in law. He wanted to get out of that shadow. And he came here. He said, kind of like Seth, Seth Curry. I wanted to, you know, Seth kind of broke away. He needed to do that. So, He came to Phoenix on a one-year Vets minimum deal, and he is absolutely making the most of it. He's become a fan favorite. It was a terrific interview when we had him on. I mean, he was just a a great guy to have on the show. I was really impressed by him. High-character guy, speaks well, plays well. There's a lot to like about Damian Lee. Here's the the portion of that interview that you're talking about. was part of the signing with the Suns just to get out of Steph's shadow. Here's what he said.
1: I mean, I'm not going to say it didn't. I mean, you know, you, you look at, you know, not only myself, with Seth as well. Like Seth, you know, did training camp with Golden State before and then, you know, continued to blaze his own path and you know, once once it was you know, out of that realm of oh, he's he's here just because so and so it you know really shows um you know the people that understand the game and and watch the game versus the people that you know take those lazy takes and say, oh, he's Damien's just on the team because Steph, or you know he's just here. You know, like let's say if I had a good game, it's because Steph. If I had a bad game, it's why did Steph have him on the team?
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. that, that's that's the cut that you were referring yep. to. Um, look what what he's been able to do with this fourth quarter magic, and we saw it last night. You made note of it, and, and I was paying. I don't keep as much, you know, accurate notes about it as you do. But even I noticed in the moment, the last five six minutes of that game. Cameron Payne, their starting point guard, was on the bench. Now, he wasn't having a good night. He was 2-10 from the floor. His plus-minus, I think he was a minus-10 for the game. He he struggled quite a bit last night. That game was a three-point game with about six minutes to go. The Suns were trailing by three. Monty took campaign out, put Damian Lee in. Now, it helped Damian Lee get a bunch of key shots, but Damian Lee settled that game down. And it really, was, you think about it, it's the continuation of the opener from the Dallas Mavericks. Remember, he's the guy who hit that crazy good shot yeah. against the Mavs on national TV yeah. to open the season. And it seems like the fourth quarter's been that magic special time for him since then. Yeah, I, I always try to you know get into the mind of Monty with, with the substitution pattern it's just something I follow religiously takes Takes Damian Lee out of the game at 6.56 minutes and 56 seconds left he brings in books they, Damian Lee goes out but At the 6.15 mark, just 41 seconds later, he puts Damian Lee back in, takes out Cameron Payne. And I think he felt like, okay, Cameron Payne's struggling, and Damian Lee is like he's – he had already hit a corner three in that quarter. Now, was from the second he brought him back into the game, he hits a pull-up jumper – that ended a big Sacramento run. It was a 10 nothing Sacramento run before he hits that pull-up jumper. Then he hits a corner three after D.A. grabbed a, a rebound. Then he hit a straightaway three off a pass from D.A., so he hit 3 pointer, 3 a point pull-up jumper and literally within two minutes of getting back into that game. But you could just tell the, the trust that Monty has in him and that he's a guy that I really vow that Monty values him being on the court late, the pedigree, not you know, not being worried about anything, not afraid to take the shot. He likes having him out there, so he gave him a quick forty second breather. Now I don't know if when he put, I don't know if when he took him to the bench, this is the stuff I can't. When he brought him to the bench for book, did he think like, okay, this is it? Like you know, you played four minutes in the fourth quarter, the, and and during the, or was the, the, the intention to always bring him back? Right? Yeah, because what happened was they took him out, and then Monk drove and score, took it right at book. Then Monk hit two free throws, and then he brought him back in. So it was just like, just like. Four quick points by Sacramento, and it was like, okay, this game's closer than I thought. i got to get him back in. He got him right back in the game. Yeah. In the moment, it kind of felt like that. It, it felt like, okay, you know, on second thought, never mind. I just changed my mind. You you're, Get back you're, in. Get, get back out there. Now, you know, uh, with numbers this crazy, with numbers this good, and, and since I'm sharing numbers, I'll, I'll, I'll share one more with you that I think is maybe the most impressive of them all. Nobody on the team other than Devin Booker has made more baskets in the fourth quarter than Damian Lee. Okay, that... That, to me, is crazy. Ayton, Payne, Bridges, you know, whatever. Nobody on the team other than Devin Booker has made more baskets in the fourth quarter of the season this year than Damian Lee has. Now, eventually, there's a phrase called regression to the mean. And eventually, when a guy who shoots that far over his career numbers, eventually, he's kind of bound to come back. Yeah. I think the good news for the Suns here is that as long as he can squeeze another two to three weeks out of this version of himself, when that regression starts to kick in, the numbers will be so high. Wow, that should be about the time you get Chris back. That should be about the time you start to think about getting Cam Johnson back, right? Like, Like, he's in part... Not only getting these minutes because of the injuries, but he's getting a big bulk of them because two guys that you would expect to be on the floor in the fourth quarter just aren't available right now. So even if he does regress a little bit or a lot, at some point the reinforcements are going to come and you might be able to live with that regression because you've got some of your guys back out there. Yeah, I there. think no matter what, what he's done now is he's earned those playoff minutes. You know, when the bench oh, big shortens. Time. big time. You know, when they shorten the bench and they go with the starters more, like his his ability to come in, play the way he plays, knock down those shots, that's valuable. You know, that's valuable. And I think Monty feels like I can give guys, certain guys, a rest by, and have him on the court and I'm not going to lose anything. Texas, your thoughts on Damian Lee and the Suns after their win last night against Sacramento. The fan FanDuel text line is open at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, last week it was reported that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray cleared the air. Is it enough that they went through what they did? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tuesday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Ruby 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 at 4:30 has our Twitter poll update of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Ruby, Ruby! and Gambo need-to-know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson
1: Ford. today, Rubes? This one has been bouncing back and forth for the last couple of hours. Not many polls do we see lead changes within the two hours from 2.30 to 4.30. This one, I've seen many. The question is, besides Devin Booker, who has been the Suns' most impactful player since Chris Paul went down with a right heel injury slash soreness?
0: Ten games, right? They've missed ten games without him?
1: About 10 games, uh, DeAndre Aiden, Mikhail Bridges, and Damian Lee are your choices for just that 10 game stretch. They're all I went poop. with DA. They're all good answers. I went with yeah. Bridges. They're all
0: Lee's a sneaky good one because of what he's done in the fourth quarter of these games. But I, I went with Bridges. I, I don't think there are uh, there are wrong answers on this one. It's just a matter of taste at this point. You said it's been ping-ponging around. Yeah, what we got ping-ponging right
1: now? around but the taste right now leading the way is Mikhail Bridges as it was two hours ago. 43.8% saying him. 42.8% saying DeAndre Ayton. Still about a percentage separating those 13.5% saying Damian Lee all right
0: that's the poll question you can find it
1: on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gamble
0: one word is where you can find that over the weekend and we talked about this gamble a little bit yesterday that we've got some new ways to kind of advance the conversation to a certain extent today over the weekend it was reported by Ian Rappaport that The Cardinals, that Cliff Kingsbury specifically, used the two weeks that Kyler wasn't available to play as an opportunity to kind of mend fences or or to to rebuild the relationship or to do that they worked on there. Here's the quote. Quote, before he was injured, things got a little tense between Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network said, my understanding is that during the time away, During that break, the two sat down, hashed out some differences, worked on their communication, and came up with a plan going forward to get on the same page down the stretch. Today... Ian Rappaport was a guest on Pat McAfee's show and elaborated a little bit more on how tense things were between Kyler and Cliff.
1: Here's what Rappaport said. I think it's always tense with Kyler. Like, I don't think, with Cliff's always very, like, he works hard, but it's very chill. With Kyler, it's always tense. So, like, I know we all, I mean, including me, like, I did a thing on this this weekend. We're all kind of focused on that relationship. I would imagine it's going to be tense with any coach and Kyler because he wants what he wants. He sees what he sees. He's very demonstrative. About it, and he's kind of hurt a little bit. Like, quick and like, come on, like it's. He's very blunt.
0: I I have a thought on this. Share it. Just follow me. Okay. Just that winning changes so many things. How tense was the relationship between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton heading into the start of the season? Reportedly, very. What did DeAndre Ayton say? We haven't spoken. Yeah. Since the end of the season. Yeah. And Monty frankly got a little grumpy over repeated questions about whether they had spoken to the end They hadn't played any games yet and one of the big storylines going into the Sun season was this tension between Monty Williams and DeAndre Aiden. Mm -hmm. How did Monty not address it? How did Monty, Monty's the grown-up in the room, how did he not talk to DA? You know I mean if there was a problem between the two they had all this time to kind of you know to, to kind of do what Kyler and Cliff to hash it out and there's been no problems. DeAndre's playing really well and Monty like it didn't matter. Like in the like in, in the grand scheme of things, the fact that those two guys didn't have a conversation and there was some built up tension, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Now winning takes care of a lot of the issues. Okay? They paid DeAndre a max contract, they matched it. He's it's not like hey we're gonna we're gonna cut you and you're not gonna play. So, like, there hasn't been, like, that hasn't been brought up since the start of camp. Nope. That hasn't been brought up. Yet here we are with this tension between the coach and the star player, okay? And they're losing. And it's more of an issue because they're losing. And you got to fix the relationship because the frustration and the tension is, is, is over is is over the losses and the problems that those two guys. I'm just saying, like there was major tension between the head coach and a star player on the Suns, Mm -hmm. no problems. Made in an, um, Apparently major tension between the coach and a star player and the Cardinals. And it seems to be there's a lot more to that story than what we had with the Suns. Yeah, I mean, look, we made a big deal out of the Aiton-Money thing back in the offseason, back during training camp when it was revealed that they hadn't spoken. But by we, DA. Like, yeah, by, by, by Aiton. By Aiton, yeah, because he was the one who talked about it. Then Money was the one who, as I say, was was kind of edgy about it. At one point, Money even said, look, guys, I'm not talking about this anymore. Uh, like, you, Don't ask me any more questions about this. I'm not addressing this anymore. It's done. It's over. We're gonna move on. And so I was. It's funny. I was thinking not as it relates to Kyler, but I was thinking about that tension with Aiton again. The video that I referenced earlier today, where they're celebrating in the locker room after the Kings. Yeah. Monty announces, "Hey, congratulations to Aiton for winning Western Conference Player of the Week." There's no tension between those guys. The smile on Monty's face is wide. The smile on DeAndre Eaton's face is wide. Ayton makes a funny when he's doing the one, two, three team, right at the end. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a good day. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, and, and that's the benefit of winning. That's being fourteen and six. Allows you that kind of freedom to not worry about tensions. That, I guarantee you, if the Suns were six and fourteen, we reverse the numbers. There might be a little more tension between Monty and, and DeAndre, but there's not because because they're winning. The The fact that they're losing, you're right. It wears on you. This season from this whole year has been nothing but a grind on the Cardinals organization. What good has come of 2022 for the Cardinals? What good? What's the, what, what are the good things that have happened to the Cardinals in the year They 2022? won a home game. They won a home game. One. There you go. They beat the New Orleans Saints who <laughs> were I had to pause for a minute to remember. They get blown out by the Rams in the playoff game. Their star receiver gets suspended six games. The agent of the star quarterback fires off a nasty, long, all caps yelling memo two days before Steve Kime has to address the media at the Scouting Combine. What is the best thing that's happened to the Arizona Cardinals this year? I would oh have said God, trading. That's a great question. I would have said trading for Hollywood Brown. But even that is questionable now in retrospect because they could have used that first-round pick on Tyler Linderbaum and had the center of the future for the next 10 years. What good has come of the 2022 calendar year for the Cardinals? And I only bring that up to kind of paint this picture of this grind that Cliff's got to be feeling, that Kyler's got to be feeling. That's got to be hanging, and I'm not and trying there's to. There's been no good news for a long time. None. See with the Suns, like I'm even looking here, like like a lot of the stories, right? They were all over the place. I'm looking at clutch, you know, clutch, uh, clutch points. points. dot com, Yeah. Sun star DeAndre Ayton surprising admission on relationship with Monty Williams, and he got a caricature thing of Monty and Da, and that was a big story. But the Suns had, and and the Suns had made it to the playoffs, won the first round, got upset in the second round, but there were hopes that they would still get back this, like because the sun's are winning organization somehow this worked itself out yes. but the cardinals thing it's it's not working itself out because of, of, right, right. of 4 and 8 because of because of 4 and 8 Right, If they were 8-4, and four, yeah. there wouldn't be any tension and, and, between the coach and the quarterback. And all those things that Rappaport said about Kyler, and I was listening to our midday show about this, Calvisi was filling in for Wolf and Luke, or, or for Luke on Wolf and Luke. And so it was Calvisi and, and Ron, and they were having, I thought, a really interesting conversation about how, look, you could go back and look at the great histories and the, 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 the great quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and I'm sure they were all edgy, and I'm sure they were all tense. You think Tom Brady's a fun guy to get along with? You know, you you, you think you, you think some of these? You think Drew Brees is is just all smiles and happy go lucky? When he, of course not. That's what makes them great. The difference to me is that the elite quarterbacks have earned the right to be short, have earned the right to be difficult to deal with, they've earned the right to be kind of tense all the time because they've won. I don't know if Kyler's done enough to earn that reputation if that's what it is that he's got of being tense all the time. I don't know if he's earned it the way a Brady has earned it, the way a Montana would have earned it or or any of the other elite quarterbacks in the NFL would have earned such a right. You know when you do a pros and cons list with stuff in your life? Draw a line right down the middle of the page. Pros on one side, cons on the other. Man, I got a lot of con, right? You talked about the Hopkins suspension. Let's forget about Sean Coogler in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Eno Benjamin. Mm -hmm. You got the Rams game in 2022. You got the Burkhardt tweet, which you talked about. The homework clause. The homework clause. The mess that was the homework clause. The Rodney Hudson retirement, not retirement, but he basically did retire. I, I mean, Where, it's... What's the pro? Like, give me one. Yeah. Like, I'm struggling right now to find what's something What's something good that happened. In the calendar year of 2022. There just hasn't yeah, been that much. the unfortunate Death of, of, of Jeff Gladney. Of Jeff Gladney? Yep. Right. I mean, like that wasn't in their control, but that's a terrible thing that happened. What? God. What? What could has happened this year? And, and and I only bring that up, not to like pile on, but to kind of paint this picture of. Okay, you want to know why things are tense between Cliff and Kyler? That's why things are tense between Cliff and Kyler. If they, in fact, are. And you want to know why Kyler's wearing it and why Cliff is wearing it a little bit? It's been a rough year for the organization. Rough. I mean, nothing the, has gone according to plan. The best thing I could think nothing. of is that J.J. Watt eventually got his pink donut. <laughs> I don't have anything else.
1: <laughs> I got nothing else for you. <laughs> I don't have a pro. You got a pro? He also own? won the World Series bet against Ertz. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and he had a kid. So oh, that's yeah. good for him. Yeah, people had babies. Okay, that that's always great. It doesn't I count. <laughs> it doesn't count. But even like painting the picture, Bernsey, like the look in everybody's eyes here when we were all racking our brains for What's good things. What's the it, best
0: thing that's happened to the Cardinals in this calendar year? Legit
1: confusion and like desperation of just trying to, there's nothing,
0: not a thing. 2022 has been a hard year in that organization. Hard. And I'm not, again, not saying that to pile on and I'm not saying that to give them a pass. I'm just saying that you want to know why things might be tense yeah, The other coach there? they had to let go, not oh, just Oh, yeah, the, the, Saxon. Saxon. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Saxon, Kugler, mm-hmm. Eno, mm-hmm. Homework Clause. Hard Knocks has been hard knocks very has been underwhelming. I'm going to be honest with you. Very underwhelming. When's it on again? Tomorrow night. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. If you were working Thursday, would you watch no, it? No, I'm not watching it. Okay. I'm like, I'm done. I'm telling you right now, I'm done with Hard Knocks. It gives me nothing. I've got nothing out of it. Nothing. I mean, honestly, I've got nothing out of it. It hasn't been good. When we come back, they have not been represented since 2017. Will fortune favor the Pac-12 this year? We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo.
1: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: I believe it was Washington... Right? The last Pac-12 George Washington team? No, not George Washington. George Washington. Well, Washington! George Washington! Washington Heights! Uh, George Washington
1: Carver!
0: <laughs> no, it was the, the University of Washington! Washington State! It was uh, the University of Washington football program. was the last Pac-12 team to make the college football playoffs. I They've, I remember they lost. Yeah, they did. Did they lose badly? They no. got killed by Alabama. They, what nice. else Was, no. it, was it, it killed? killed? Did they get, I, I don't I think remember. it was like 24-7. Okay. So they didn't do much. Okay. They were the last one. Uh, all of that could change. I, I mean, really, somebody it's been said that this might be the easiest job the selection committee has. If all of the favorites this weekend win, if Michigan beats Purdue in the Big Ten Championship, if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC Championship, if TCU beats K-State in the Big 12 Championship, and if USC beats Utah on the Pac-12, there's all the other games, that's it. It's done. You're good. There's your final four. The question is just the order and who plays where and, and who does what that's why today's rankings, when they come out in about 11 minutes, I think what most people are going to be watching for, really, at least what I'm going to be watching for, I don't want to say everybody, I'm going to be watching to see who's number five. Who's number five? Because if somebody stumbles, if USC stumbles... Whoever number five is is taking their spot. Because Ohio State doesn't have another game to impress the committee. Alabama doesn't have another game to impress the committee. Whoever's number five presumably would move up to number four if USC lost. It's Michigan versus Purdue. Yeah. Like Michigan like okay. Michigan's gonna win. Yeah, yeah. Mich- Michigan's like, winning that game. Yes. Okay. Easily. Georgia versus LSU, even if Georgia loses, that's their only loss of the season. Right, they're going to be in. They're going to be in. TCU's the interesting one to me. Can they afford to lose and still be in? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. USC can If they lose, they're out. I would say no with TCU. Well, I mean, heck, they don't... So they have wins over, when they beat Oklahoma, they were 18. When they beat Kansas, they were 19. When they beat Oklahoma State, they were 8. When they beat Kansas State, they were 17. When they beat Texas, they were 18. So maybe maybe they can afford to lose that game on Saturday against Kansas State and still get in because it would be one loss, but they would have one, two, three, four, five wins over top 20 teams when they played them. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can get in with a loss. So, so what, make them down. To, 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 to your hope, if you're a Bama or Ohio State, is you got to vote for Utah. Yeah, which is why Matt Berry uh, of ESPN, uh, ASU alum, by the way, who is very excited about the Kenny Dillingham hire, uh, on Sunday
1: said this. Well, let's just say USC wraps it up Friday night, because the Pac-12 championship is on Friday night. Think about what that does to Saturday. Like, realistically, think about that what that does to Saturday, because – The one bit of drama is USC in the Pac-12 championship. So if they get that thing locked up on Friday – you're going into conference championship Saturday with basically everything set. So
0: he's saying, yes, TCU's in, win or lose. No matter what. He, he, he believes, now he, he, it's not up to him, but he believes that if USC wins, everything else is done. Michigan can lose and still get in. Georgia can lose and still get in. TCU can lose and still get in. Whether he's right or wrong, I don't know. Which, again, what makes today so interesting is who's number five. 'Cause whoever number five is would automatically be number four. Nothing would change about Ohio State's resume or Alabama's resume that would force them to get God, one of the great things about this was I Alabama losing two, like that's it, you're done. Like you're done. You're, you're out. Did you see Saban over the weekend? Trying to pine oh, for, like, we lost yeah. the two but, top ten but, teams. But, you know, it you wasn't just him, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten. He was doing the same damn thing. Right. Over the weekend, he's like, oh, absolutely, no doubt. Both Big Ten teams deserve to get it. Everyone's going to plant their flag and fly it this time of year and make the case for their conference. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Klyovkov will do the same thing if USC loses. He'd be wrong. You know, just like just like Saban's wrong, and just like Kevin Warren's wrong. But they, you know, you got to support your team. You got to support your conference. I get all that. But yeah, you with two losses usually means okay. But, Dunsky, but, right? but remember that. Okay, do you want an Ohio State Michigan rematch? Are you always against the rematches? That's a good question. I would think they would work to avoid that. I would think. I, I would think Cause you because Bama would give you the. You would not have a rematch with Bama, right? But But if you got Ohio State in there, you could have a potential Ohio State versus... Look, as you said it earlier, and I don't disagree with you. As questionable as the two-loss thing is for Alabama, man, Ohio State got smoked. And I got reminded, by the way, by one person on Twitter, because there's always that one person on Twitter, yes, last week I said Michigan was going to get smoked by Ohio State. I did. I thought Ohio State was going to destroy him. It was in Columbus. It was revenge from last year. I didn't think Michigan was that good because their resume wasn't really that good. I I thought they were going to get worked. They did the working. All right, I was wrong. I I was wrong. But because Ohio State lost so badly at home to a team missing its best running back and they still got destroyed, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama's number five tonight. Do you root for USC to win? I do. Even though they're leaving the conference. I do. You know what? Honestly, screw you, (laughs) XA. I hope they lose. I'm rooting for Utah. I I do. I'm rooting for Utah. Let's go. Knock them out. The hell with them. They're leaving the conference. I I know. I know. You know what it is? It's habit. It's just a habit. It's it's a habit? It's the habit of wanting the Pac-12 to do well. And it's a 50-year habit. Yeah, they're not going to be in the Pac-12. I know, but they still are now. And when they're not, they're not. But for now, they are. It's, it's like been, you're getting divorced, and it, you're rooting for your 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 wife, who's going to be your ex-wife, for something good to happen. I, like, I, yeah, I, we've we've made so much fun of the Pac-12 for so many years, and I get it. They're not going to be a member of the Pac-12 in a couple of years, but they still are now. I, it's a 50-year habit of wanting good things to happen to the Pac-12. I I I root for them. I just feel like the jilted lover oh, here. Uh, they, I hope they lose. I know. I know. That's. See, I'm much more of a forgiving person than you are, so that's probably probably really speaks to the core of you and I. You're not a very forgiving person. That gentry kid left ASU to go to USC? Just buying everything? You really need more forgiveness in your life, I think. Why? <laughs> I think I think there should be less forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to happiness, my friend. Yeah, just it's just move on. So they say, forgiveness is the key I mean, just to just, happiness. I've already forgiven our boss for everything he's done for me, and I feel like a much better person because of it. No, you do? <laughs> wow! Only because you just tell me before he's done nothing for you. Only because he's standing right there. I've forgiven him, and I and I, and I sleep very well at night. So wow. it's all good. When we come back, Devin Booker was special last night. How special is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.